When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. And this was a great episode. And let me tell you this, listener, this particular co-pilot, the Robin to, well, I can't call myself Batman, but I was, I was Robin to her, Batman. Let me tell you this. And she was on fire and the listeners absolutely loved Michelle Bishop. So let's get to know her. Uh, Michelle, I thought we'd start with this just to warm up yourself and the listeners. Throughout the day, we start the show with breakfast with Brandy and Volsey, and then we sort of transition into Matty White, and then he hands the bat on to Jimmy Smith, and then you'll end up on with us. We're not really into talk topics, right? but let's do it anyway. So what they've done, they've started the day, Brandy and Volsey, and they're talking about if you could go to a sport, mainly they're talking about the NRL, and there was something we could learn from the Americans or some of those really good sporting places – what is one thing that you would add to rugby league? So for me, to help you out with the answer, I would, a bit like the American uh, in the NFL, when there's a discretion or there's something that's happened, when you're at the game, you don't actually know what's going on. You don't know what, if you're at home, you do. You can hear the yep, ref's mic. Yep. But when you're at the game, you don't know if a player's been warned or you don't mm. know whether they've... So when they call out, and this is the other thing too, when you're at the game as a player, the ref will say, right out you come, Cameron Smith. Tell your players... Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I've never once seen the captain run back and go, hey, boys, ref just said, that they never, ever tell the players. So it serves two purposes. If you could broadcast the ref's comments over the PA, A, it tells the players, he doesn't have to go back and run and tell the players what the ref's Fair asking point. to tell them, but it also tells the crowd what the bloody hell's going on. Am I really, really old-fashioned? Because I've got sports ears. Yeah. I still use that occasionally. Oh, there that you go. gives you a bit of a something. Uh, plug that one in. No, but for mine, look, it's totally away from the game. I just want a permanent supply plugged into the chair of red wine. Oh, and yeah. And I'd be set. I'd hey. be happy. Maybe hey. me. Hey, I think a lot of people would like that as well. And look, at a really old one is, can we please put the players' names on the back of their jerseys? It's such mm. a simple thing. And it's done right across other sports. I just think, um, look, you know, for poor old people like yep. me, I'm 48 now. The yeah. eyesight's getting a bit, you know, on the other side. Yeah. It'll help. So 48, you've just shared, your, you've, oh, you've look, shared your age. Yeah, don't care about that. Okay, well, if you're going to share Owning your age. Owning every bit of it. Michelle, if you're going to share your age, right. Are you ready for this disco Here day? We go. Yeah, okay, well, if you're going to share your age, do you mind giving us your exact date of birth? 26th of the second, <laughs> 75. So right. I've rang our yep. man Steve, right? He's yep. the Glen A. Baker of Gunnar. <laughs> he, he's got the answer to everything. And I said, Steve, can we do this yesterday? Listeners were texting in their date of birth, and immediately he'd tell you, what day of the week it was, wow. what was the number one song, who won the Melbourne Cup that year, who won the Rugby League that year, what was the moon phase on that day. <laughs> this is scary stuff. So immediately <laughs> I said, righto, I said, Steve, the Glen A. Baker of Gunnar, 26 275, which you told me off air. He said it was Wednesday. 
Wow. It was a Wednesday, which you probably most people won't even know themselves, but yeah. go and check it out. I know it was conceived. We talked about that, but yeah, yeah didn't yeah. know what day it was. <laughs> old Combi Van Bishop, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, Mum and Dad. Well, Dad's not here anymore, but poor old Mum. <laughs> uh, it was close to a full moon that day. You, you know, and also <laughs> Colour TV launched a few days after your birth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he said that. So there was a TV thing yeah. back then, and right? And he said this all within 10 seconds. He just rattles it. He's an absolute gun. And he said, uh, the Roosters picked up their second premiership the year you were born. Think Big picked up its second Melbourne Cup the year you were born. I know you like both sports. Yep, absolutely. Think Big. I, I love that. That's yep. great. And that's how you approach life. You think, think big. Think Big all the time. And the number one song, the day oh, that you go. came into this world, Disco Dave. Stop, oh yes, wait a minute. Oh. <laughs> I like it. That was the number one song the day our bitch was born. There you go. There you go. I bet there you didn't you know go. that. No, I didn't. You I, born I on did, a Wednesday? didn't even know I was born on a Wednesday. Yep. Thank you, Steve from Gunnada. We appreciate that. one 300 is the way to do that. Or text 0457736736. Question number two. This, we're now going to Maddie White show. Maddie White said, okay, well, what about if you're at home, what could you do to add to the broadcast? For me... What I would do is, and I think it'd just be quite humorous, I would start charting, you know, the captain's challenge? Mm -hmm. I'd start charting people's percentage records. So you might go, Dylan Edwards, captain's challenge. And we go, they bring up the stats, Dylan Edwards is nine from nine. And we go, oh, he's, oh yeah, that'd be cool. he, he tells the truth, Dylan. Yeah. And then you might go, um, well, I'll, I'll say an ex player because I saw him last night, Andrew Fafita, Fafita might challenge, and you go, ooh. He's done from 13. <laughs> or, or this player's got the biggest losing streak at Captain's Challenge. I think that would add to the coverage. Yeah, a, yeah, a little bit of spice. Yeah. I would like to combine sort of like <laughs> the, the TV broadcast with sort of like the Twitter. Yes. Like, wouldn't it be good to actually be seeing that on the t on the television, on the big screen, rather than have to look at your devices and just keep it rolling? But the commentators being able to see that as well, because I think it would give to us make all that a bit of Yeah, why not? I like that too. Yeah. I like that too. Now, the last one is, and I'll let you go first on this one. Uh, this was Jimmy's program, and he spoke about what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Look, there's probably three, and the first one for me is if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Yep, love that. Not necessarily that I take that advice, but I try hard. <laughs> <laughs> I try very hard. We all try hard. The second one is probably when I met my husband. It's only a rort if you're not in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... Uh, the third one would have to be the Ain't No Second Prize. Nah, attack, attack, attack. I, I think like big. Think big, no. 1974, 75. So for me, and this is Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey spoke about that. You know, she gives us advice that everyone gets so consumed and caught up in what people think about them, right? So it's not really my business what anyone else thinks about me, good or bad, right? And most people are held back because of the worry about what others think of them, mm. whether, whether it's car you drive, That's whether very it's the house you live in or whatever. Mm. So if you grab the front page of the paper, to that person, whether it's a good thing, if it's a good thing, it's one of the greatest things that's ever happened to them, they're on the front page of the paper. If it's a really bad thing, it's possibly the worst thing that's ever happened to them in their life. So for them, it's a microscopic sort of lens on yep. that. And and they think the whole world's looking at it in the same way, where in reality, people pick up the paper read it and go, oh dear, oh, yeah. or, oh how good's that? And then they turn the page Move and their on. life moves on. So... And a mate of mine who got caught up in a scandal oh, probably six years ago, I said, mate, when your head was up in the clouds and you think you're, you're absolutely flying, and now it's quite the opposite of that, it, it, it wasn't actually as good as it was for you at the time or as bad yeah, right. as it is right now. Mm. 
You know, people just aren't thinking about you. Everyone's so consumed about their own life, their own loved ones. So if you're spending 95% of your time worried about your own life, Michelle Bishop, Justin Bishop and the three boys, 95% of the time, well, then you're sharing the rest of your thoughts with another 8 billion people in the world. Yep. But people are so caught up on what others think. So that's what I think. Thank you very much, Oprah. Right. She that listens really to the show. Deep. She listens to the show too, Shell. That Shelf. was really deep. I, I just want to go back to um, to the pear eating uh, uh, <laughs> disco day. You enjoying that pear? Oh, mate, it's not disco, Dave. It's dapper, Dave. Have a look at you, Dave. Dave, what's Pepe Le Pewing? <laughs> Hello. Um, it's, a, it's a golden delicious apple. Um, oh, okay, right. right. It's looks very, like a pear. It's very good. Yes, it, it's very low quality video that you're looking mm. at there. But... Um, uh, yes, I'm dressed up because it's the SCN Melbourne Christmas party tonight. Oh, oh you're that... going straight out and getting straight on it. Yeah. What was I that sure about am. a rort if you're not in it? <laughs> yeah. Looking sharp. You've got the gel in the hair, disco. You've got the, the, the Grant Hackett on. I nice just blue Luke Burt. I just wonder because we got an email through from yes. HR this yeah. afternoon um, reminding everyone of proper behaviour at oh, uh, okay. work Christmas parties. As we party, gear up still for our annual holiday go. celebrations, I wanted to take a moment to remind everyone, you oh, know, yeah, I won't yeah. go through verbatim, but <laughs> yeah. you can tell it's like, delete, this one's out delete, for Dave. Delete. You know, it says to everyone in the company, <laughs> but by the look of Dave and when his When you pair, get those emails, you do sometimes just have that little, oh, is that for me? Yeah, which, which you know people those ones is that it come for? out, it's like, mm, I feel a little bit uncomfortable with that one. <laughs> have you ever, after a point? massive night, Michelle Bishop, have you ever, uh, and by the way, Brian's text me about a wacky team Wednesday, which you you may be involved in, but have you ever woken up from a real big night yeah. and gone, you've had to do your own sort of audit on your phone <laughs> just to check any messages you've sent, any Ooh, calls you've yeah. made? More than once. Oh, that's uncomfortable, <laughs> isn't it? What about the long and soapy texts you sent? Oh. It's like, what was doing with that? Oh. You know what? So and you just get a short, get home now. Yeah. But you know what? There needs <laughs> to be a divide, and maybe there is, where, so when you're having a conversation, you can say something, and immediately there's no record of that, unless it's been recorded, in a general conversation, and that's gone. Mm. In text, it's just there. there. It's just there. Yeah. And in WhatsApp, they you can withdraw it, but they won't let you just duck out the back door, they say, in big, bold letters, Michelle Bishop has deleted the text. Sadly. <laughs> and there you go. Oh, what did she text? This you, text is no longer available and straight away you want more. You want to you know, need did to know every that? finer detail. Did anyone get that? Yeah. Speaking about getting to know things, uh, Disco, let's, uh, let's do this, please. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to like you. Getting to hope all right. you like now, me. Michelle Bishop quite the journey you've had to, to be quite an esteemed sports broadcaster presenter and I, I want to sort of just peel back the curtain a little bit you've made your way through to channel seven sports world with the great bruce mcavaney sports watch radio with triple m of course sen you work with doc neeson you've worked with the panthers with ivan cleary eels with ricky stewart saturdays in the capital with sammy williams you've been heavily involved and still are with the canberra raiders you, you, your record and resume is just highly decorated michelle but let's go back. Where did it all start? Did you always want to do this? Always. Um, well, no, actually, there was something I did. I wanted to become a police officer. Did you? Yeah. Growing up in the town of where? Growing up uh, well, in Auburn. Yep. Auburn. Um, look, I'll, here's something that's interesting. My next-door neighbour growing up, the infamous Bassam Hamsey. 
my oh, literally really? my next door neighbour. Wow. Yeah, we're very heavily involved in my parents used to, you know, take him to rugby league and, and his wow. brother who's uh, obviously passed away now. Um, I, they used to have a sister. I was quite close with her. We'd play Barbie dolls and all that wow. sort of stuff. But yes, yeah, so I grew up in Auburn, uh, went to Benedict Senior College, yep. um, which was Maris Brothers School for year 11 and 12. Uh, but I literally got my job at Channel 7 in traffic, which is where they schedule commercials as a 17 year old a week before I'd finished my HSC. And so every chance I got, I was in the newsroom, yep. training, try, you know, wanting to become a journalist. Because yes. um, dad and mum sort of talked me out of uh, becoming a, a police prosecutor, I think. Oh, really? I <laughs> but I used to have this big fascination with Katrina Lee on Channel 10. Yeah. Um, but just uh, started out, uh, went to, to court as a court reporter, first of all, and unfortunately it was a rape rape case that I had to cover as a very young girl. Uh, the Western Sydney rape, was quite a, quite a um, well, it was awful, an awful period for people out in Western Sydney. And uh, I couldn't cover the case, came home crying, wow. couldn't handle it and said, get me out of here, I need to do sport. And that's where I landed up and loved every minute of it. I love sport. It's what was your sliding doors to get into sport? How did that happen? Um, well, the two things, um, I actually wrote once to, to Ray Hadley. Really? Yeah, I wrote a letter to Ray Hadley saying I wanted to come off the bench, I was a utility, I could do anything that he wanted me to do in terms of, uh, you know, well, I thought I knew everything yeah. back then. Um, and, you know, being a female in sport, rugby league, it kind of wasn't the done thing back then. But he threw me a lifeline and I ended He's up He's really good with that, Ray, isn't he? Yeah, he gave me an opportunity. Um, I used to do around the grounds for him quite a fair bit, well, for, for 2GB. Uh, and uh, the other times were just, you know, working in newsrooms everywhere, Channel 7. Um, that's really where I got my big break was, was Channel 7. Um, and, yeah, got to do some fantastic work. Was a researcher for Bruce McAvenny on and a, and a producer on Sports World. And I think that's really where he was just the master of everything to learn off Bruce and to the way Bruce operated and just how sin sincere he was genuine I mean his wealth of knowledge was you just walk in there every in the early hours of a Sunday morning and just be in all would he ever crack at Bruce would, would I have no, had would Bruce? Would Bruce? He doesn't no, look to me like a bloke never. who would ever crack it. In the whole, I mean, I'm 48 now. I met him when I was 17. I've never once heard him lose his temper. Very respectful. Will pull you up if you're wrong. Um, explain. Uh, you know, I've obviously known him for a long time, but yeah, just a beautiful man. Really, really. It's a shame a lot more people in the industry are a little bit more. Like yeah, Bruce. that's right. Exactly <laughs> right. Well, I, I do find that, and, and you're a very grounded person, Michelle. I'm eldest of six, and we grew up with reduced quick sale on our bread. So there are a lot of people in our industry who have this entitlement. Mm. We're, we're no better than anyone else out you there. You know, Joel, all, for we're, me... We're all just doing our own thing. I don't know why some people in our industry get so caught up in this elitism. And also what I think every day is I'm doing what I love, and I'm literally, no matter, pull back everything. You're a fan. Yeah. You're a fan of that sport. You're a fan of what of, of you know players of whatever. At the end of the day, if you always think like a fan and not feel like you're entitled or you you know this is your position, this is where you should be. In fact, even sometimes we're in the public arena. It happened during the grand final, um, where I was. There was a security section uh, at a at a grand final function where they had all the the, the, the fans, uh, the public there, and the journo's here. And I sort of walked through and felt like a bit of a bit of a tool going. Yeah. I need to be in there. I'm a journalist. Yeah. It was like. Just get through, squeeze through, please. Yeah, but, you just again, always got to remember that sort of stuff. Of course. And, and I remember getting on a plane and uh, going to England. I thought, the moment I got on that plane, no one actually cares about... Mm. When you come through rugby league, and this is the hard thing I see with rugby league players who never had the chance to leave the sport, 
they think the sport, and it's a great sport, don't get me wrong, but they think the sport is so far bigger mm. than what it is. There's a big old world out there. Mm. Let's see if you've still got it, okay? Yeah. Around the grounds. Well, here we go. So here we are at uh, <laughs> at Leichhardt Oval. The ball comes away from Paula Mounter. He'll kick the touch. Oh, forget and get, this. Hang on, I haven't got around the grounds yet. We're still at Leichhardt Oval. You're at Brookvale. <laughs> so Paula Mounter gets the kick away, and Gary Jack's going to let it run to the touch. No change to the score here. Eight all, the Tigers and the Bulldogs. Flash scores around the grounds. Brookvale Oval. Michelle Kieran at the time. It, it was been. Michelle Kieran. I was going to pick you up on that one. Uh, oh, look, it's uh, four and a half minutes to go. The Raiders here hanging on by two points. Uh, Croker straight in front. Look, they, It looks like the Raiders have got this one done. The poor old Tigers are going to miss out again. There we go. <laughs> so Tigers playing at two games at the same time. <laughs> oh, you said Tigers, <laughs> did you? <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. all right. I was reserved great. What about your, um, uh, away from sport and work, your mother of three, mm-hmm. what's your interest though? Like if you're watching a movie, is there a favourite movie you got? I'm not really into movies. I love documentaries. Yeah. Um, I love being a mum. I love um, being a part of my boys' lives. They're my whole life. They yeah. are everything to me. My three sons. Um, I don't mind my husband. Yeah. He goes all right. Just who, who, After by 24 the way, years. I played rugby league and he was a very, very good player. Very yeah, good he player. Went all right. Very good player. And uh, just a handful. Big front rower. In fact, he's the type of player clubs need at the moment. I reckon Gus is desperate for a front rower. <laughs> if he had a young Justin Bishop, he'd be swamping all over him. Well, we've got two, a Jack and a Lachlan Bishop, but I'm afraid our boys just have absolutely no luck with injuries. Second, re, uh, two uh, ankle Ricos for the, the 18-year-old. He's now going in next, booked in for Thursday uh, to have, um, what's the, not metatarsal, it's got some other ridiculous name. Anyway, Meniscus, no. no, no, it's it's in the foot. He's got to be, basically have a screw put quite uh, right across the bottom. Of, yeah, it's it's a nasty one. Tell the boys um, to watch. There's a, there's a good thing on YouTube uh, for anyone out there. By the way, if you hit a few hurdles, it's on James Tedesco, and there's a song called "I'm Not Giving Up," and the the troubles that he had in his early career, and to see where he's got to after that, it's a really good watch. Yeah, Joel, this is something that you know I love to talk about because it's so frustrating when when you. You're obviously privy to it as well. When you see what these kids do from such a young age, 14 years of age, the sacrifices they make, the the injuries that they they go through, that that really, the hell pathway for some of them, and some of them don't even make it. I mean, there's no guarantee my boys will ever make it. But the resilience they show for such a long time, for a kid to, to have gone through that journey and played like in the NRL, it's remarkable. Yeah. And we, I don't think we appreciate it enough where, where there's that big tall poppy syndrome where people want to put them down or they earn too much money or they do whatever. Probably a story for another day, but, yeah, it's something that really irks me because when you watch it up close and you see just what they go through, um, you know, I mean, I'm sitting in the doctor's surgery last week. This is his third preseason. Yeah. Tears streaming down his face. He's, you know, diet, training, it, it all starts again. And it's a lonely journey, that rehab. We've got a break. We've got a break. Uh, it's the run home with Joel and Fletch. We're having too much fun. Joel and Bish here on this Wednesday at Moore Park Golf Club. The Seals here. The captain's back. Uh, our man, I call him Nathan. I've never called him Nathan in my life. Old Brooksy. But anyway, <laughs> it is a run home with Joel and Fletch. Massive show coming up. We're just getting started in the trading hour. Thanks to MS Safety, your Australian-owned workwear and PPE provider. It's the run home with Joel and Fletch. Thanks to Hyundai. The Hyundai 2023 SUV sale event is on right now. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Plenty of NRL news to talk about. Brad Fittler has a new role. Connor Tracy. What's the latest with him at the Bulldogs and his start to the NRL season of 2024 and more on the latest of Jerome Luai. Where's he going or is he going? This is the first, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know if you can hear this bird in the backdrop. Q? Maybe, yeah, lo- yep. loosely you can hear it, but it's a, from afar now. Literally, Michelle, in the ad break, Michelle Bishop filling in for Bears here today, she's saying, waxing lyrically in the break, tell you what, boys, I reckon Madge McGuire's going to do a great job 
and win the series for the Blues. And then this bloody crow comes in. A live, a live early crow. We've never ever had that, there Michelle. Go. There you go. It was, it was authentic. Yeah. It was good. And you've got and some will. news. You've got some news before we do the Sportsbet update on the departing coach for the Blues. Yes. Brad Fidler. Uh, former New South Wales coach Brad Fidler has a new job. Um, it'll be advising the NRL on ways to grow football participation and pathways. Uh, he'll still obviously have a little bit to do with Match. Yep. Um, it's, it's, it's a really important role moving forward. Uh, you know what? He's... I think it's a little bit underestimated, to be honest. Have you had much to do with him, Michelle? Freddie? Yeah. Oh, Stacks. Known him my, most of my life. He, he's an 11 out of 10 bloke, isn't he? Do you, would Absolute you agree with that? Absolute legend. Genuine and hard on his sleeve. Um, and that's why I thought the whole way that was really wacky the way it all ended with um, with him with the job. They should have just come straight out and said, well, this is why, this is how. Um, it was ugly, but he didn't just, yeah. Yeah, he's a great bloke. Yeah, I, I, I was backing him to the hill. And I, I can understand the results didn't go away. But at the end of the day... Made some um, some weird calls, let's yeah, be honest. Yeah, but that's 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 him, right? And he's so, loyal. Yeah, that, that's him, though. And I, I, I like, I respect it. I, I don't have to agree with it. I didn't agree with the Pangai decision. I told him that. I said, yeah. I, I don't agree with that. And, and that was his call. And... Good luck. I, like, I actually like people who have a crack. Yeah. Despite, you know, everyone wanting to do something the same way. It didn't work out for him. That's fine. But I love the fact that he was like, no, I'm going to do it this way. And that's him. Like, he, he's, if you think about his life and what he's achieved and done, not just on the sporting field, but even things he's done for charity and off the yeah. field, he is just a wonderful Australian. And I think the one thing you, you get with Freddie is you never know where you, your conversation's going to end up. Either you just stand there for a small chat going, hey, hey, going, what's doing? Um, and, and he's so left of field yeah. you know, and, and passionate about yeah. the cause of whatever he is that he's working on, um, heart and soul. And that's what Freddie's always been like for as long as I can remember. Um, interesting for me, though, my first thoughts are, where does, um, I mean, don't want to go too far into this, yeah. but Maguire next year, um, is he under pressure to, to make those big calls? What do we do with Tedesco in terms of the fullback role? Um, is he going to be given a little bit of leeway to, to, you know, to settle in and let things happen? Does he have to win the series? Like, where, where, what's your thoughts on, on where we go for the f year, first year? Oh, look, I just think no matter who you are, Brad Fittler, uh, Phil Gould, whoever it is, Madge Maguire, Ricky Stewart, State of Origin is a huge pressured mm -hmm. beast. I said yesterday, Michelle, that we would be comfortable for Wayne Bennett to coach... New Zealand. Whether you're, whether you're a Queenslander or whether you're a New South Welshman, you'd be happy for him to go and coach New Zealand, mm. which is another bloody country. Yeah. But no way in the world... Yeah, No way in the world would it be accepted for him to coach New South Wales. No! Can't happen! Yeah, it couldn't happen, no. right? No! So that wouldn't happen. Sacrilege, no, it cannot happen. So, cannot so to answer happen. your question in a real long way, I, I just think the pressures of state of origin... Billy will be different because if Magic comes out and wins it, well, Billy's got a fair bit under his belt, which mm. as Freddie did after the first couple of series... Yeah. But there'll be pressure. And, and to answer your question around James Tedesco, I reckon he's already planted the seed there. He, he's come out and said he'll be picking the players who are playing the best at the time. Yeah. Or, or something along those Read lines. Read between the lines. And you know the other thing I like about Madge? Which might be James Tedesco. Well, it could be. But, yeah, I'm sort of reading yeah. reading the other way. The other thing I love about Madge is the way it was unfortunate the way it all ended for him at the Tigers. And I think that he was a victim there of this new generation of kids that, I mean, he's, look, is there another way to put it? Like, it's probably not classy to say. He's a hard ass. Yep. He expects, you know, like he's, he's you know, um, boot camp style, yep. Yep. Um, I think that will work with the elite athletes. I think it's, you know, it's, it's a mission. It's in, it's out. You've got a short period of time with preparation. I just think he'll be brilliant at it. It's, it's, he's got victory written all over at that level. Yeah, well, this is the thing that I've said about the West Tigers for a long time. And he obviously got that at South when he won the comp. Craig Bellamy's done it for a million years mm. down in Melbourne. And the key, if you're that style of coach, 
the absolute key for that working is that your top five respected players have also got to be that type of player. So Bellamy has has always had that five sort of alpha players mm -hmm. who have the same buying mentality as we work bloody hard. And yep. clearly Cleary's got the same out there at Penrith. Yeah. So therefore you can crack a whip with those players. You go to a softer club, and I, I don't mind saying that, and if your leaders aren't that sort of having that same desire that those Penrith and Melbournes do, mm. then they start to respond in a different manner and it becomes cancerous to the team. Yep, you're 100% you're right. And when you look at things like I, I can remember so much about Nico Hines this year, um, talking to him about what he got out of origin. And it wasn't so much the, the you know, the, the playing side of stuff. It was the preparation. It was the elite way that, you know, that and with the Australian camp, sucking, well, sucking all the information yeah. uh, he could from be the careful. likes of Daly Cherry Evans. <laughs> um, you have to be really careful with that. But that, what I'm saying is being a sponge, <laughs> that's probably the better way to put it. Um, and, and that's really exciting from a fan's perspective because you know what he's going to take away, take to club land, and then go back into camp next time and, and look for that next level. And that's what you're after. 100%. Uh, Freddie, by the way, we'll just close this and then move on to the sports bit update. But Freddie on the Michael Maguire appointment, and this, this is typical of how he would handle things. He said he's strong with what he did with the Kiwis. He's got a good reputation. I think he'll do a good job. I've never been coached by him, but watching when he was at South Sydney, he had good players, I think, uh, managers to get the best out of them. So that's Freddie, right? Mm. He, he just, he doesn't carry, we're at a golf course, and one of the golfing puns is you don't carry your divots. He doesn't carry his divots. He just marches on and calls it his. He's, he's got no hard feelings to match Maguire. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch, a regular staple on the show to talk all things round ball. Robbie Slater, here he is. Uh, look, I tell you what, there's plenty of round ball happening at the moment. So without further ado, we need to get to our man. And uh, Robbie Slater will be across all of this. And he's on the line. G'day, Rob. Joel, Michelle. Michelle, listen, why, why don't you just have a quarter pounder? <laughs> no, it just doesn't have that, that same taste, that, that, that sauce that I wish they could oh, just bottle up. I love it. No, Robbie's onto something yeah. here. Oh, okay. You've got to... See, I'm actually going to try this because okay. I like where you're going. I am. I'm Sutton Forest tonight in <laughs> yep. about an hour and a half. Okay, please do this. <laughs> please do this. The, Robbie's onto something here. Yes. Get the quarter pounder and mm. say, can I add the Big Mac sauce? Oh, okay. I'll give that a go. Hey, you that's a, about that? Yeah, that's well, why not? Robbie, can, will they do that? See? Can you actually do that? I reckon that's a good idea. Look, I reckon even if I give a crap football comment now, I've already served the purpose on this. <laughs> You've ticked the box. I'm actually going to do that myself. I'm going to give it a go. I'll text you. Because of that, that's, that, that's yellow. Oh, it's a good sauce. So hang on. I don't, I've don't. i not had a quarter pounder. Do they, what sauce is it? Do you like onion? I love onion. Okay. Just just run with, roll with the ketchup. Right. Or, and just mix it in with that little, like, that little done knack deal. of sauce. Anyway, we better get into this. Uh, Robbie, uh, welcome to the run home once again. We appreciate your company. The Matildas' last result. What did you make of that? Mate, it was a very poor performance. Again, uh, this this team was the shadow of uh, of what we saw at the World Cup. Um, there was no spark. There was no, and look, and I know it's different. The World Cup was in our country, and Canada is difficult opposition. They are the current gold medalists, but I think they're I think they're a team searching for something, and it might be down to their coach, you know, Tony Gustafsson, who won't commit. You know, to 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 his future with the Matildas, even you know before the Olympics. So look, I I found the the performance slow, uh, predictable. Uh, there was no spark. We had Caitlin Ford there. We had Hayley Hayley Razo, and we know what those two did 
in the wide positions during the World, World Cup and Mary Fowler, who really came of age during that World Cup and, and you know, she hardly touched the ball. So we were completely dominated in both games uh, from Canada. It was a 1-0 result this afternoon, but, I mean, really, there was no difference in the performance. It was a totally different team. I mean, this... They had 10 changes or something, yeah. 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 Well, this is more concerning, this game, because that's our first 11... Uh, well, first 11 without Sam Kerr, if you want. Um, so that's that's our thing. You know, you've got Cooney Cross and Gorry in the midfield. Like I mentioned, Razzo, Fowler, Caitlin Ford, Alana Kennedy. So, you know, it's our top team, minus one player. And they just looked uninspired would be the way, which is rare thing to say in international football. Their touch was off, their movement. We didn't have any... You know, diagonal balls, which we saw during the World Cup, going to our wide players who, who really ripped teams apart during 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 that World Cup. And, and uh, yeah, I just think it might be linked to this. Maybe the girls, uh, you know, are not feeling comfortable with... You know, it's funny when a coach won't commit uh, what, what effect that can have on the group. And I'm just wondering if that's maybe a part of it. Do you more so think he's checked out and the girls are feeling that or...? I get the feeling it's a great, great comment, Michelle. That's exactly the phrase that he he looks like he he's either checked out or he wants to check out. Like he's like mm. he's you know he's asked for the the bill. <laughs> yeah. He's waiting because uh, you know he wanted the American job, uh, and of course he didn't get that. And now there are rumours he's in for for numerous jobs, which is not a problem. Like coaches get linked here and there, and uh, that's no problem. But um, you know, just make a decision because this team needs to go to the Olympics and there's not many more games to play. And I really feel after these two games, they're really in no man's land. So, Robbie, just, just sort of reading between the lines and maybe I'm wrong, I, I'm guessing that you're guessing he won't be there. Is that what you're saying? Is that I get a feeling field? if he gets a good opportunity, he'll be gone. Okay, so if that was yep. the case, who, who immediately comes to mind to take ah, the reins? Because, uh, I got uh, asked the same question on, I think it was Adelaide Radio this morning, and nothing really pops out, to be honest, because uh, I don't think it's a, it's a question that's been raised even by the FA. So, you know, well, isn't obviously... Isn't that a real concern, go- though, given, you know, what the Matildas have done and where we're at in terms of the game? Uh, we don't have an automatic, you know, person to come on in and take the reins. Mm. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, the time will go very quickly, as you know. Uh, and before you know it, we'll be in Paris for the Olympics where, you know, we'll be one of the, the, the favourites to, to, to be on the podium to, to get a medal. But I tell you what, we played the Olympic champions in two games, 5-0, 1-0, um, and the 1-0 could have been, you know, much worse. And, yeah, it's, it's, this is not good preparation for, for you know, in the build-up to Paris. Right now, let's move on to the Premier League and a quote this morning on Vossi and Bruni, <laughs> quoted by one of the great round ball world game scholars, Greg Alexander. He said, shit's gone down in Luton Town. <laughs> he did too. <laughs> what's, what's happened there? <laughs> that's not a bad, that's pretty good. I, I kind of I like that. But it can Luton, be funny, Bruni, of course, oh, he's great. <laughs> Luton Town is, of course, the, the fairy tale story, the tiny little ground that only holds. I think it's 11,000 people. The away fans actually have to go through terraced houses to get to the away end. And um, 
Yeah, they nearly pulled off an upset. They were 3-2 up against league leaders Arsenal, who were supposed to, well, who were thought and tipped widely to win this one easy. But it took a Declan Rice, former West Ham captain, uh, took a 97th minute winner, literally the last kick, or was a header, so last header of the game, to give Arsenal a point, which was important because it keeps them top of the table. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's important. Now, there's a bloke called Carl Power. Carl Power, and I feel like mm. Carl Power right now. Carl Power is a, a serial prankster where he would, he would sneak onto a field and he'd dress up in the uniform and pretend to be a player. I'm pretending yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an authority on, on, on soccer. So I feel like Carl Power. He's just a fraud. I'm a fraud. fraud. I'm a fraud, right? This man here, though, uh, Robbie, he's not a fraud. He's all over it. He's got a couple of questions for you. The great maestro. <laughs> Robbie, the first one I'll ask you is about Eric Ten Hag's media band, uh, which has been put on him a directive from Manchester United. they got a big game over the weekend after going down to Newcastle. Uh, they've got a game against Chelsea tomorrow, tomorrow morning. morning. Yeah. Um, yeah, tomorrow what have you morning, made yeah. of all that and, and, and where they're at as a, a football club at the moment? Because they were top of the form table for a little while, but uh, I think a lot of people thought that was masking some fairly average performances. Look, I, I, that's 100% right. There's been very average performances, and even some of the games they've won, you know, arguably they were, they were, you know, had a fair slice of luck. But look, the last game against Newcastle was only 1 0. It could have been a lot more than that. But I, I look to Rashford and his reaction when he was substituted and the way he played. You know, he he walked around, he, he sulked uh, when he got substituted. And because he wasn't happy, he prefers to play on the left hand side. Ten Hart put him on the right hand side. and. He basically sold. I mean, this is a guy earning £200,000 a week. Um, it's, it's unacceptable. And I think Ten Hag, uh, you know, there's the, the great cliche of you've lost the dressing room, but the question has to be, has to be asked. That uh, are the players behind their manager? It doesn't appear to be the case. Question from another fraudster, though. <laughs> so the 1-0 loss away to Newcastle... What, they won five of six in the lead-up to that, three clean sheets. It doesn't kind of tell me that this is, as, this is as bad as what they're making out in terms of player unrest. Well, I will say, though, it was shocking that, I mean, I think the club sort of uh, let the cat out of the bag a little with having to feel the pressure to put a statement out. That was a bit weird. Yeah, no, it is strange. And, and Michelle, you, you have proved yourself to be a... A fraudster because you're trying to turn a quarter ma- pounder into a Big Mac. But anyway, um, if, you, if, you look at the, if you look at the table and Manchester United, in spite of not winning a title for many, many years now, are a massive club and they expect to be at the top of the table. And that's why they've changed so many managers since Sir Alex Ferguson's left is because they want to be top of the table, but at the moment they're a long way from it. So if you look at their, you know, their, their current form and against who they've played, but you actually look at their performances, uh, it, it tells a whole different story. Can we go to the other end of the spectrum? Manchester City, whose players were probably too impassioned over the weekend with the decision made by, or the non-decision made by Simon Hooper in not giving that advantage. What did you make of Ange's team's uh, Spurs performance in that game and the reaction from the English press, the Manchester City players towards the referees? Is that a, a bigger issue that football needs to address at the moment? Yeah, look, I mean, no one likes to see a referee surrounded, but, geez, he didn't do himself any favours. I mean, it's one of the most extraordinary decisions 
I've seen in, in all my time in the game. How he calls that play back, I just don't know because you clearly see Harlan fouls. He gets up straight away and plays the ball. It's clearly play on. He gives a play on. You can see him allowing play on with his arm outstretched. And then for some reason, he pulls it back. It was the most extraordinary decision I've seen. And, you know, players are human. We don't want to see what the, the, the reaction that the, the City players have. But, you know, like I said, that's the most extraordinary decision I've ever seen. And I think you can see by their reaction that it probably was for them. Now, as far as the game, it's a good result for Ange. Of course it is. Out of all the games he would be looking, you know, after his three three losses in a row, he probably thought, oh, well, you know, we're going to Manchester City, which is one of the hardest places in the world football to go and get a result. And he did get a result. They were a bit lucky. First half, the game should have been over. Um, but it wasn't, and they got better the second half. And that's, that's a point that will certainly lift the dressing room and certainly... Uh, further feeds Ange's uh, what he's doing in England. Uh, they're just loving him and, and getting this point in the last last minute of the game at Manchester City has given the, you know, the tabloids a lot to write about. Hey, Robbie, when you weren't uh, in Australia as a soccer player, where did you love being the most? Oh, mate, I, I used to love, you know, mate, I used to love to be at the beach. Grew up in, uh, you know, the Shire down there. So, you know, you know, and uh, I can't say what God's we're exactly country. doing, but it wasn't... Uh, what, what, was your beach, what was your go-to beach down there? Um, yeah, I know, which is strange, really. But, uh, yeah, I grew up... You know, look, mate, I grew up in uh, Pitney Point, which is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was, you know, it was Heartland Rugby League territory. And, mate, my mates didn't even know I played soccer. So, you know, <laughs> I'd disappear on a Saturday and come home and, you know, we'd be off to the beach and... And and that's that's where I grew up. So yeah. Did you tell you what if you were there, picnic point? I reckon you would, you would have done some of your finest work. I'm tipping at the Reevesy Workers Club. Oh, now, how did you know that Wednesday <laughs> night? Chopping, mate, chop, the, 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 the disco, the nightclub was legendary at the Reevesy Workers Club. I tell you what was. What was it called? What was the Workers Club? And then there was Reevesy Pub, where all the, geez, that's where all the bikies used to go. Yeah, that was rough yeah, and tough right. there. No, but there was mate, a was nightclub a rough, at Reesby Workers because I used to go there too. Yeah, they'll, they'll let Being us know. Auburn. Yeah. Was it Club Troppo? Club Troppo? I think that's on the, yeah, the that's Central Coast. Coast. Yeah. I think they did have one at Reesby Workers too. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. Yeah, or as Sats would say, correct me if I'm right. Um, <laughs> good on you, Robbie. Hey, listen, we're going to hear your <laughs> dulcet tones as well. Yep. In the hot seat on the run home with Joel and Fletch in January, mate. Thanks for putting your hand up to do that. Can't wait for it, son. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the quarter pounder with, uh, with Big, Big Mac, Mac sauce, uh, sauce on it, that Michelle. The, really. I'm going to claim it as my own. No, I've thanks, just checked the menu. Thanks, They're already onto it. It's called the McBishop. Uh, <laughs> good on you, Robbie. I love He's it. always good, good fun. He's always good fun, our man, Robbie guy. Slater. Great guy. Yep. Welcome back to the best of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Still more NRL news. Jane Fisher-Harris, the Golden Boot winner. What did we think of that? Well, let me tell you a bit of a disclaimer, a bit of a uh, spoiler alert. We loved it. He's had a terrific season. We spoke about all things relating to the Golden Boot and others relating to rugby league as well. Broncos here. Let's get into some news. Now, Brent Reid and Travis Main from the Courier-Mail are writing this. Broncos set to lose star. Now, if they're writing it, they're pretty well connected. I think it will be happening. The Broncos are bracing for ex-Maroons forward Kurt Capel to quit the club and join the Warriors immediately. Capewell could request a release from the final season of his Brisbane contract 
as early as Thursday to join the Warriors on a three-year deal. While he's yet to make a decision on whether he wants to head across the ditch, Capel has been granted permission by the Broncos to negotiate with the Warriors and a deal may be struck this week. I, I'm tipping he will be there, Michelle. Yeah, absolutely. I got a text message uh, when he was at that little restaurant um, meeting with Webster, which was really funny. I thought, oh, I was actually on holidays at the time. Um, flicked it on to a couple of people and it obviously went viral. But, um, yeah, no, he'll be a good buy. Yeah. Did What's some great key? things out at the Penny Panthers. Relationships, is that the key to being a good journalist? Honesty, integrity. Yeah. Find a way. Um, always been very upfront with the players. Have you got any, and if you can name them, go for your life, but if you can't, have you got any, like, really, really fractured relationships due to some work you've conducted? Not really. No, I've always tried very hard to um, to do the right thing and, you know, like, I've, I've you know, got to do my job. Um, sometimes I weigh up situations whether I think a story... Uh, again, the whole, I would have been asking myself with Mitchell Johnson, what am I going to get out of this? What am I going to achieve um, if I go with this? Um, so you've had stories before <laughs> where... The risk and reward or, or the fallout you've gone, you know what, it's a good story, but do I really want to go here? Yeah, there's some I haven't told. Um, and there's also uh, been situations where I've probably dumbed it down a little bit. But I, I'm just not that type of journo where I, I I struggle. I've actually struggled. I mean, there was the case in point. Well, you're a very empathetic human. Well, I, I get I get how hard it is for anybody to, especially when in the industry I work in with rugby league, these boys are growing up in the limelight and they're making the same mistakes as every other individual in society. Yep. Um, and and we'll, we will still start to see it with the girls too. Yeah. Because there's young girls hey, growing up in the spotlight. This is the Brace thing. yourselves because the 100%. show's just about to begin. And I will tell totally you this agree. from a female's perspective. I think well, you, you take the fat shaming, for instance. And I, I saw that story the other day with one of the players, um, with what the Wayne Bennett's working with a company where it was. Yeah, Tafari. Um, you know, guarantee that story won't be reported the same way if the it's girls. a female. Yeah. It won't happen. That's a very it's a fair call. And that's call. coming from a chick, coming yeah. from a female. That's a very fair we call. We play that. a really funny game with all of that stuff. And, and, I, and I think it'll take a couple of years for us to, you know, really you know, put it out there and, and be as hard as what we are on the males yep. uh, the, with the females. Well, Millie Boyle made a point probably 12 months ago, six months ago, where she said she, they don't just want to get all the compliments all the time. Mm. And I, I actually feel as though the show, as you said, is about to start because their profile is getting there. They are doing such a wonderful job on the field. Yep. And so, look, there's so many girls, Michelle, young girls, who want to do what... Millie Boyle and Jessica Sergis. Oh, I think it's fantastic. I would love to have massive. done that. that there massive. was no, you couldn't, you couldn't. That, those opportunities weren't around when I was a kid. No way, no, no way. And the and the game is is going to be so good. Remember when Ronda Rousey first came into yeah. the fighting? Yep. She was this first person of the party almost. And then within about five years, there was like fifty girls who would flog Ronda Rousey at yep. her best. Yeah. And that's what we're going to see as well through the NRLW because now you're getting. So my daughter. She started playing at about 16, which I reckon a lot of kids have. Mm -hmm. I reckon if you tracked the NRLW, I reckon their first ever rugby league game on average would be 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. What about in 10, 12 years when these kids are coming through? Right through the system. They've all been playing, mm -hmm. not just Oztag or Tuts, they've been playing rugby league since, since nine. Dot, yep. So then all of a sudden, by then, the game is exploding. It's flying. It's already flying. Mm. But with that comes celebrities in the game. Mm -hmm. And with celebrity comes attention. And with attention comes... The occasional errors, and with the errors comes people with their eye on the prize, and the show, as you said, is about to explode. Mm. It, we had a girl, I can't remember who it was, uh, 
back end of last season that got into a fight with another girl in a bar. Um, and it sort of was sort of, you know, not didn't sort of make big headlines. It was kind of just, you know, brushed to the side. I think it was over Manly, over Northern Beaches somewhere. But um, I'm wondering, you know, girls on the drink, same diff. This will yeah. happen. Um, yep. and, and we need to prepare ourselves for it because it, it will happen. Uh, and I just hope that, you know, we, we have some sort of balance when it comes to the way we report on things. Uh, what I will say about the female sport at the moment is I'm loving, because I could never have imagined, obviously played netball as a kid every Saturday. None of my brothers would even make it to the to the court. My dad would. Uh, but to have your schoolmates and that be on the sideline cheering, it's just not a thing. My boys are getting to games two yep. and three and four hours earlier to, to get on there, not only support them, but tell them what they're doing right and wrong yep. and encourage them at half time. And I think it's beautiful because that's how it's going to be moving forward. It's not going to be, oh, you know, oh, the girls, yeah, you know, yeah, we'll watch the They love it. Thanks for listening to the best of the run of the home with Joel and Fletch. Don't forget you can catch us live Monday to Friday in the afternoon, social media, TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find us there, the handle at Joel Fletch SEN. You can also search us on YouTube at Joel Fletch SEN. Appreciate you once again uh, making your day with us.